NPR News Radio, with news, talk, and entertainment from around the world and around the web. With your host, Christopher Simmons. For the week of August 22nd, 2005, we have several interesting news items from the Send2Press.com Newswire as well as a live chat with Craig Rubin, a.k.a. Craig X, author of a new book, 9021 Grow. 9021 Grow is an autobiography of Craig X's life as a Beverly Hills proponent of marijuana and features interesting stories regarding Craig's relationship with some of Hollywood's most famous stars. Craig also was a guest on the third episode of Showtime's new TV series, Weeds. In brief this week, we found the following stories of interest. San Francisco's IO2 Technology announced the release this week of its Helio Display System, which projects video onto thin air. The IO2 Technology Helio Display is the first such device released by the company and displays any video source in full, high-resolution color in free space, without the need for a screen. The technology uses so-called benign particles similar to water vapor or fog. Images are projected onto the particles by lasers. While not 3D, you can walk around the image and view the 2D image from front and back in the air. According to the company, the technology also supports a touchscreen effect by sensing changes from your finger to the image in the air. The price is rumored to be in the $20,000 to $25,000 range and you'll likely see this technology appearing soon in some cache business lobbies projecting logos and welcome messages. You can learn more about this technology at io2technology.com. From Austin, Texas, it was announced that Senator Letitia Vandeput, Democrat San Antonio, is being named President-Elect of the prestigious National Conference of State Legislators, or NCSL, at their annual conference in Seattle, Washington this month. NCSL is an effective and respected advocate for the interests of state governments before Congress and federal agencies and provides research technical assistance and opportunities for policymakers. Vandeput, the first Hispanic and the first Texan ever named president-elect of the organization, will assume the presidency of the organization next year. The senator said in a press statement, It is such an honor to be selected as the first Texan and the first Hispanic to be president-elect of NCSL, which is the Forum for America's Ideas. Senator Vandeput, a legislator since 1991, represents District 26 in San Antonio. In what continues to be a growing trend in both viral marketing and eBay auctions, Pittsburgh model and waitress Sarah D. has been contracted to wear a temporary tattoo on her body. The logo sits on her forehead and boldly promotes the website leaseyourbody.com. Based on the name of the logo, Dee says she has gotten a lot of puzzled looks, but also questions about the website. According to the site's founder, Alex Fisher, Lease Your Body is a new concept where companies can contract members to advertise their logos. Tattoo wearers can choose the location of the ad and the amounts ranging from $100 to $5,000 to don a particular temporary logo for a period of time. The body advertising concept gained notoriety with an eBay auction by Andrew Fisher, no relation to Alex, 
resulting in a winning bid of $37,000 for wearing a company's tattoo on his forehead. Alex said he got the idea for his business because he saw Andrew Fisher on Good Morning America and thought, why not create a company where advertisers can sift through thousands of potential clients and contract them for as little as $100. Alex says that his company is now the largest of its kind, with over 2,500 members in every major city in the U.S., although he admits there have not been any major sponsors signed up yet. Learn more about this venture at leaseyourbody.com. An Iowa company called Trippin' Tune Tattoos has released a new line of tattoos to cure the all-white stock iPod minis look with wild colors and themes. The covers also include a cover for the Griffin iTrip Mini. Company president Dennis Turkington says that all iPod owners want to be unique. According to Dennis, when they first released the Tune Tattoos line for the full-size iPods in early 2005, iPod owners immediately began sending in their suggestions for new Tune Tattoo designs. It was only a matter of days before they started getting requests for iPod Mini Tune Tattoos and their accessories. Dennis's company answered with a line of Tune Tattoos for the iPod Mini and iPod Shuffle, and now the iTrip Tattoos. Tune Tattoos are available in kits which include the tattoo skins and an ultra-thin screen protector. Although the tattoo's primary function is to decorate, they also help protect a user's iPod from minor dings and scratches, and Tune Tattoos are very thin and can be used with most existing cases. For more information, visit ToonTattoos.com, and that is tattoos ending with a Z. Our guest this week is Craig X. Rubin. Craig X. is an author, political candidate, and well-known proponent of marijuana use in California. But more than that, he is also involved in promoting the idea of using weed as an alternative to fossil fuel, based on the peak oil concept. He also guest starred on the third episode of Showtime's TV series Weeds, playing appropriately enough the owner of a medical marijuana club. His new book, 9021 Grow, is an autobiography of Craig that is part history and part celebrity gossip column. Jill Iskanian, West Coast editor of Us Magazine, wrote to the TV producer of CNBC's The Big Idea, saying, quote, It's very controversial, just came out, everyone will be talking about it. It's the tell-all that is shocking Hollywood's A-listers, unquote. Craig X grew up in Beverly Hills and opened a hemp and pot paraphernalia store in West Hollywood in the mid-1990s called 2000 BC. Soon he was selling bongs, pipes, and marijuana to the rich and famous and creating a secret place for them to enjoy their purchases called Bong Canyon, which artificially simulated the Grand Canyon. Celebrities who are outed in the book include Brad Pitt, Harrison Ford, Kirsten Dunst, Drew Barrymore, Ricky Martin, and Martha Stewart, among others. Craig X, the self-proclaimed Wizard of Weed, is set to tell all on Howard Stern's radio show in mid-September in coordination with a hemp rally in Boston. But we caught up with him first in early August. So Craig, welcome to our show, and let's get started by talking a bit about your new book. Well, I'm so excited to be here, Chris. The first thing people should know about my book is that, I sound like Bill Clinton, that it's funny. Um, I try and keep a serious topic, marijuana, which can be a serious topic, and hemp, 
um, and just make it funny. It's about myself, my story growing up in Beverly Hills. Uh, one of the funniest things that I think is, if you remember that commercial, This Is Your Brain, This Is Your Brain on Drugs, yeah. where the actor drops the eggs in the pan, Yeah. that was my pot dealer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I out him in the book. He was and went and ended up being a star on Step by Step. He played Cody, the show with uh, Suzanne Summers. Yeah. Who was my next door neighbor growing up. Um, and her son, Bruce. So, yeah, I'm like, I grew up in Hollywood, in Beverly Hills. And uh, the story's about marijuana and about actually the Native American prophecies, the Hopi prophecies, how it relates to pot and peak oil. Um, the most popular part seems to be the movie star aspect of my life, but it's just one aspect. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, the peak oil concept, uh, what your philosophy is, the research you've done about uh, how hemp and uh, natural products could be used as an alternative for uh, fuel and uh, replacing fossil fuels, all that stuff. Here's the, what the concept of peak oil is. It just means that our ability to produce oil or get it out of the ground has peaked at 82 million barrels a day. Um, the United States currently uses a quarter of that or 21 million barrels a day. There's still plenty of oil under the ground, but it takes time to put in the, the resources, the pumps and the transportation to deliver that oil to market. So basically what we're looking at is not the world running out of oil, but the world running out of unlimited oil. So that the oil that does come to market, there's more people that demand it, such as the growing economies in China and India. And my book is not a boring business book that focuses on that, but it just focuses on the effects, how that peak oil will affect even an isolated community like the Havasupai here in the United States. The Havasupai Indians are an Indian tribe that live at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. They are 10 miles from the nearest paved road, 120 miles from the nearest city, which is a small town called Kingman, Arizona, and it's a, it's a seven-hour hike from the top of the canyon to the bottom of the canyon. There's no cars in their whole village, and yet these people are completely dependent on oil because most of their food is either driven in or flown in on helicopters or carried down by horses down the trail at the end. But the, the price of food there is already double what it is as, at the supermarkets in the cities. They pay like eight bucks for a box of cereal down there. And as the oil continues to increase uh, in value and price, that means the price of their food is going to go up and up and up. And they don't have a way for their economy to go up and up because mostly the Indians make their money by tourism. And this is the, one of the most beautiful places in the entire world. It's called Havasupai. And it looks like a rainforest at the bottom of the canyon surrounded by a desert. And it's where the largest tributary to the Colorado River just pops up out of the ground as a fresh spring. And my kids are knocking at the door, begging for me. I got the door locked because I'm doing an interview. Just a moment, please. So um, that's one of the most exciting parts of the book for me is about Havasupai because I understand their language and I think it's a beautiful place. I got married down there and I go there at least once a year and bring my kids and stuff. And it just, it highlights for me how dependent we all are on oil, even though we may live in the middle of nowhere. Do you, you provide uh, examples of uh, alternatives and how hemp and so forth can be used as an alternative to fossil fuel? And fuel? Well, I don't, I don't get into it too deeply just because I wanted to keep it like a fun historical book and not like, this is oil, this is 
what we can do. But one of the things we can do with, with marijuana is create a biomass, just like they make an ethanol fuel with corn, um, as well as making the vegetable oil work like a diesel. And we get the oil from the seed. It grows incredibly quickly. It's renewable. And when you burn it out the back of the car, it's not poisonous. So um, there's so many good benefits of finding alternative sources to petroleum energy. The unfortunate thing is petroleum so efficient. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people want to hear about the movie stars in my book and things. And I just have funny stories like a Brad Pitt coming in our store to Bong Canyon. Bong Canyon is a replica of Havasupai, the Indian village where I visit all the time. Uh, we even have the Eva, which is the stone pillars that you could look up on the internet. Um, we had that in Bong Canyon. We were featured on Tom Brokaw's Nightly News. They couldn't believe we had a Bong Canyon. <laughs> um, I tell the story of getting arrested before we built Bong Canyon. Um, the cops told me I couldn't call a water pipe a bong. They said I had to call it a water pipe. And I asked them, I said, what about calling it a water effer? You know, I use the F word. And they go, well, that's fine, but you just can't say bong. And I said, well, I disagree. And I said, we have a constitutional crisis here because I think the Constitution allows me to call it whatever I want under uh, the article of the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights. So they promptly arrested me. And uh, my great attorney, Eric Shevin, went to court with me, and, and it was during the time when O.J. Simpson was on trial. Mm -hmm. The judge in Hollywood says, well, this could be a tougher uh, jury to impanel than the O.J. Simpson case. And my attorney's like, why is that, Your Honor? He's like, well, we're going to have to find 12 people from Hollywood to say they've never smoked pot before, <laughs> which might be impossible. <laughs> so he dismissed the case, and he allowed me to call a bong a bong, and after that I built Bong Canyon in my store. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was, it was funny, and Bond Canyon was very popular. It was like uh, my friend Luca came up with the idea, and it was a tourist attraction. People used to come in from, you know, they'd hear about Bond Canyon. They'd come all the way from Japan. I want to be photographed in Bond Canyon. <laughs> and uh, so we have a lot of pictures of us and some Japanese tourists taking pictures in the canyon. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience uh, appearing on the show Weeds. Ah, Okay. Weeds was a, a cool show that I'm excited to be involved with. I was a consultant on the show. I was brought in because of 9021 Grow. A friend of mine had a friend that worked there, and he told the producers, you've got to interview this guy. You've got to bring him in to speak to the writers. He knows everything about pot. And if you look at some of the shows, I mean, some of the direct things that I said at our first meeting ended up being uh, Kevin Nealon's lines or ended up being my lines. And I just explained to them in our first meeting you know, what I, how I've been involved with the, the industry, how I sold legal pot at the Super Bowl. None of the writers had even heard of the medical marijuana clubs until I told them and brought in some samples of medical marijuana <laughs> and the candy bars that you can buy there because uh, they used to make a Craig X candy bar um, because I've been an activist, blah, blah, blah. Right. So the Weeds people brought me in as a consultant, and then I, and I talked my way into a part on the show which was cool because, you know, they recognized that I was fairly famous in the pot world. Um, the, so the show was cool. So they tell me, oh, yeah, Craig, you're going to be an actor. You'll be on the show. We, we created a role just for you, the medical marijuana club owner. And so I went around telling everybody because I was excited. It was my first time being on TV. I'm like, I'm going to be on TV and blah, blah, blah. And then they called me like two weeks later before we filmed. They're like, oh, by the way, you got to come in and audition for the part of playing yourself. <laughs> I'm like, you're kidding. So... I show up, there's two guys, look like me, walk like me, talk like me, and uh, I was like the Slim Shady of acting, 
I introduced myself. I'm like, hey, I'm Craig X. They're like, wow, you're really getting into the role. I'm reading for Craig X, too. I'm like, no, dude, I am Craig X. <laughs> so <laughs> thank God I got the role. I didn't have to explain to my family how someone else could play me better than me, which was a, a blessing. Uh, I was a little nervous on the set. It was my first time, and Kevin Nealon was, was real funny. He came up to me. He's like, you nervous? You doing okay? I said, well, I'm just trying to pretend like the... Thanks, buddy. My son just told me no one can play me better than me. Uh, so Kevin Nealon says, how you doing? You doing okay? I said, well, I'm a little nervous. I'm trying to pretend like the cameras aren't there and uh, everything's happening for real. He said, yeah, it's called acting. So I was like, oh, thanks, Kevin. <laughs> I'll keep it up. So, and since then, I've gotten a couple more movie parts, which has been real nice. I joined SAG, um, which is cool. Can you talk about the upcoming uh, parts at all? Um, yeah, I'm doing a couple short films for some film students over at the L.A. Film School. Uh, one is an original called The Dinner Game, um, where I play a battered husband. My wife beats up on me, and that'll be going to Sundance Film Festival. And the other one was a, um, a good thing for my reel. We did, I play a taxi driver, like a crazy taxi driver who beats up women. So... Um, it's nice, and I, and I feel like a much better actor. And everyone was calling me the other night after my debut on Weeds, going, oh, dude, you did such a good job. And now that I have some acting experience, I'm being a little, I'm like, well, I talked a little fast. I could have slowed down a beat. You know, I know the right words. <laughs> well, you did really well. I thought that you pretty much stole the show, with the exception of the uh, cougar at the end. With uh, the blood coming out of his eye. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, a few people said that to me. It was really, you know, people are so nice. And I had such a good time being on the show. I've been telling everybody about it. I'm so excited to be on TV. Um, it's funny, though. You get paid $700 a day. I got two days' worth of work. And uh, I go to pay my... They had to join SAG after that. Mm -hmm. So it's $1,440 to join SAG. So, so far, as a professional actor, I'm out 40 bucks. <laughs> What's your favorite part or your favorite anecdote in the book? Here's the thing. I'm such a stoner. So... I just got back from the Seattle Hemp Fest. I tell my buddy Dave, I'm like, hey, Dave, here's a copy. I said, I'm sorry you didn't make the final cut, and uh, check it out. Because originally I wrote the book two years ago. It was like 480 pages, and I worked for a year and a half with an editor. We cut it down to 304 pages of, like, great, great story. So I go, Dave, sorry you didn't make the cut, because here was originally this great story of he and I going to protest the nuclear test site in Nevada where we both get arrested. And it didn't, it didn't make the final cut. So I'm like, Dave, you got cut out. I'm real sorry. He calls me an hour later when I'm, I'm leaving his place in Portland, heading up to Seattle. And he's like, dude, I'm in the book four times. I'm like, I forgot. I don't know. <laughs> it was two years ago that I wrote it. Yeah, I started reading it just uh, the other night. It's, uh, it's really an entertaining read. And uh, I think most people who uh, are not necessarily... Uh, you don't have to expect that the book's going to be an entirely, you know, go smoke pot. It will make your life better. It's not that kind of a book. It's, um, it's very anecdotal. It's very, uh, it's got a great linear feel as far as what you went through, what's going on. Uh, I think most people will enjoy it. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, like I said, I haven't reread the book in over a year. So I forget a little bit about what's in there. One of my favorite things is what I mentioned earlier is the guy that does the commercial, this your brain, this your brain on drugs. Because mm -hmm. he was a pot dealer. And it just, to me, shows the hypocrisy of the war on drugs. 
that they would choose to use a pot dealer in a commercial to promote not smoking pot. Well, you know, my favorite story along those lines is that my dad was a big proponent of marijuana in the 60s and wrote a book on it as well, you know, Marijuana Myths and Realities. And uh, in the 70s and early 80s, he was so opposed to any kind of drug or, or marijuana at all, uh, he went and did all these detox things and went through that whole, you know, sweating out thing, the same thing that John Travolta and Tom Cruise did. And um, he took me and my brother out of school, uh, out of high school, because he was afraid we were going to get involved in drugs. Uh, we were going, I was going to the same high school, Tracy Lords. And so did and, you get homeschooled after and that? And we, so we got homeschooled because uh, my dad totally flip-flopped, uh, you know, from having been, you know, this, you know, let's bring in hash from Marrakesh kind of guy and all his college students, because he was a college professor. And so, I mean, he was hooked into everything. And uh, to basically being one of those people that says, no, you shall not, right. not from a religious perspective, but just from a, you know, I, I changed my mind, so therefore you must as well. Right. Yeah, you know, he's got this whole paper trail, you know, of books and, uh, you know, stuff going back, you know, 20, 30 years where he was in favor of using it because obviously uh, it's not like a man-made synthetic, you know, thing that's made to, to melt your brain, you know. It's not, it's something that has been used for thousands of years, uh, if not longer, if we've gone through several cycles of life on this planet. Um, you know, India, the Indian culture, you know, countries all around the world where similar substances, even going back to Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this kind of, of uh, weed, if you will, uh, has been used and smoked. I mean, think about the peace pipe. Yeah, well, I, I look at it from a Native American perspective. And like I said, I write a lot about the Havasupai Indians. I write about the sweat lodge experience. And I believe in sweating toxins out of your body, that that is way, one way to cleanse yourself. But I try and look at marijuana more as a medicine from the Native American point of view, and not just a medicine for an individual who might be sick, but it's a medicine for the whole planet in that it can make oil. It can make a similar thread or material as cotton without the pesticides. It's got no natural enemies. So I've been encouraging Native American tribes like the Lakota, the Navajo, the Havasupai to grow it for industrial uses as well because it's good for their environment. It's an economic alternative to casino building, and it's a resource for food. People can actually eat the seeds. It's got the most digestible protein of any plant, even more than soybeans. Um, and so it's, it, it's one of the things that the, the prophetic vision in the book that a lot of Native American prophets have had is that there would be an herb of understanding that would replace the buffalo in the Native culture, and the buffalo provided food, clothing, shelter, and spiritual uh, center for their re religion and culture. And marijuana provides food, clothing. You can build houses out of it. Henry Ford built a car out of it that was 10 times stronger than steel and 1,000 pounds lighter. I have a picture of him hitting a crowbar in my book against the car that he built out of hemp that runs on hemp fuel. So this is not new technology that I'm speaking about. It's been around for nearly 100 years. and. It's something that I'm trying to wake people up to using the celebrity aspect in my experience of growing up in Beverly Hills to catch their attention.
that's our show for this week. Thanks to Craig X for visiting with us. Be sure to visit with us next week when our guest will be Bob Johnson, who has re-released a controversial board game that was banned by the government in the 1980s on how to win at the welfare game and not work for a living. Remember, you can download the latest edition of this show on demand at send2press.com. You can also subscribe through iTunes by searching for Send2Press Newswire. PR News Radio is a service of Neotrope. It's copyright 2005. Learn more about us at prnewsradio.com.